Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. I have a really juicy episode for you today. We're going to be going kind of deep into some belief work and some, I call it story work. But before we do that, I do want to let you know that if you're listening to the episode right when it comes out, which I know some of you do, this will be coming out on Wednesday, February 1st. You should know that we are right in the middle of one of our really, really juicy, high vibe, passionate and prosperous community free trainings called Know Your Niche. Now, the training started on Monday and it goes all the way through this Friday. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh shit, I can't believe I missed that and didn't sign up for it. Guess what? You can go and register and jump in and you'll be able to watch the replays of the days that you missed and join us and catch up with us. So, you know, I create all of these workshops and trainings that I do every quarter, basically, you know, uh, I'll have like a bunch of things for you. And it's actually so that I can help you to take a lot of the strategy. Like when I have episodes that are really specific about your business and about niche and strategy and content and how to create clients and how to make money, um, the trainings that I do are so that I can help you to take what you're hearing in your headphones and start really using it, right? Putting it to practical use, implementing, integrating. So in my opinion, you should pretty much always take me up on the free trainings that I offer. I mean, I also would love for you to take me up on the things that cost money because that's actually how I can you know, 10x the results of, you know, of what you get out of listening to the show. But at a minimum, right? You can come to my free trainings because they are so valuable. They're so good. And you get to connect with other people in the Passion and Prosperous community. So Know Your Niche is happening right now. If you happen to be listening to this between Monday, January 30th and Friday, February 2nd, right? Or 3rd or something like that. And if you want to join us, you can. Okay. So that was my little public service announcement. And now back to our scheduled programming, right? And what I want to talk to you about today is something that um, has come up a lot recently, not only for some of my clients, which is often how I get inspiration for the episodes, but for me too. And I've had this like really interesting couple of weeks where I identified some I don't even know if they're limiting beliefs like, I, well, I do know if they are or not. They're kind of limiting beliefs, but I'm going to tease apart for you today some interesting stuff that can happen to us when we get 
enrolled in other people's stories. So I'm going to say that again. What happens when we get enrolled in other people's stories? And this can happen all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. It's something that um, it's just natural, right? It's natural if you're a human and you have human interaction and you have relationships and you talk to people and you have conversations, which all of us do, right? I mean, we're talking about any kind of conversation from conversations with our loved ones, our friends and our families, like people that you know, hopefully we think have our best interest at heart. And then also acquaintances or colleagues, like people that you may meet at work or at a workplace or or just like out in the world. And then also the mentors and the coaches and the people that we look up to, right? So that's why I said, I don't even know if I want to call it limiting beliefs because I feel like sometimes that has like a negative connotation. And What we're going to be talking about today is definitely when we take on a belief or a story that was actually created by someone else's experience, not our own experience, which is often where when I think of limiting beliefs, and I use that term to me, and I mean, you know, when if we were to really dissect it, we'd be like, oh, so many things fall into the category, which is true. But when I'm referencing limiting beliefs. I'm thinking mostly of two important things. Number one, beliefs that we that we adopted or that were kind of handed down to us. They're sort of like limiting legacy beliefs that we that we form in very early childhood that are based on like some of our experiences, but also our parents' experiences or whoever we're living with or who we spend, like who our primary caregivers are, because they are superimposing their beliefs on us because that's how they are teaching us and how we're learning to be in the world, right? We're learning through the lens of our guardians, we'll call it, right? Or whoever that we grew up in the home with. Um, So a lot of our limiting beliefs are formed really, really early in our lives. And they're formed based on this like kind of funny um, combination of our experiences and then what the other people around us are telling us. So even pre-verbal, we're interpreting our experiences and we're interpreting the world around us before we even have language for it. So some of our beliefs about the way things work and about the way things work, not only like in our family dynamic, but also just in the world are formed really, really early. And they're not always because we've had the experience ourselves. Some of it is that we're sort of like taking on the experience of the people, our elders, or, you know, the people who are sharing those experiences with us. Okay. And that's kind of like, that's like a given, like you can't change that. Like you can't, there's no way to, you know, to, to, to talk to, you know, a one-year-old or a two-year-old and say, okay, now really try not to take on these stories and these beliefs of these big people around you, right? Like you can't do that. So that's just one of the things that has to happen when you're a human being and you're little, right? And then there are limiting beliefs that form from our own experiences. And some of those form even 
as we're forming, right? Like they can come from later times in our life when we, when we have an experience and it forms a belief. And then as soon as that belief is formed, what makes it a limiting belief, okay, as opposed to a really like limitless belief, like a belief that makes us feel that anything is possible. What a limiting belief is, is a belief that somehow obviously keeps us from thinking or feeling that we can have some sort of like extraordinary experience, like whether it has to do with what we're capable of, or it has to do with what's available to us, or how, again, how the world works, right? And those beliefs can can be formed even, you know, even as an adult, you know, depending on the work that you're doing on your mind and on managing how you view yourself in the world and the experiences that you have. And that's why people that, you know, it, devote a lot of time and energy and effort and money to doing things that are for the purpose of their own inner work, their personal growth and development, um, that's those are the people who are recognizing that you can form limiting beliefs or create stories around your experiences that you're having in the world that don't serve you at the highest level. And when you become really cognizant of how powerful the mind is in terms of its ability to be malleable and to change and that you can actually rewire your subconscious and your brain. When you become totally hip to that and you're like, oh yeah, right? Then you realize that you really are limitless because as soon as you come up against or bump up against something that isn't serving you getting to continue to be who you're meant to be and to do the things you're, you want to do and to have all the things you want to have, when you realize that you can change that, when you realize that you have control over that, that is probably the most empowering discovery you can have, right? Is, is the power to change the way that you're thinking and the way that you are experiencing your life and the way that you're experiencing others and the world around you. So over the last week, right, I'll call it week, I had some really, I had one really illuminating conversation with a client. And then I also had my own kind of moment of, I will call it like epiphany that I want to share with you so that uh, hopefully through this, I'm going to help you to look at how you may be getting enrolled in other people's stories based on their experiences and not your own. And it happens to all of us, just so you know. I mean, like, this is not a flaw. This is not like some fault of yours. But it's important that you become someone who realizes that you can decide whether or not you want to be enrolled in someone else's experience, right? If it feels that that's going to serve you, like it's going to help you, that it's a, that it's going to um, help you to avoid sometimes like pain and suffering, right? Like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to tell you this so that you don't have to go through it yourself, right? Like that's the kind of thing that sometimes is really helpful when someone says, you know, 
I'm going to come here and be your mentor, your coach, your teacher, because I've made all these mistakes or I've had all of these experiences or these revelations. And I can save you the trouble of having to kind of do all those same things um, by sharing my experience with you. And sometimes that's really valuable. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. But a lot of the time, we have to be really careful about the source that some of those things are coming into our consciousness from. And we have to be able to distinguish between what is serving us at the highest level, like what is really helpful to us and what ends up actually being disempowering because it's really us being enrolled in someone else's experience and therefore belief that they've created around it. So you've heard me teach this concept, which is our experiences create our beliefs and our beliefs are confirmed by our experiences. So you may even look at that as a little bit of a vicious cycle. If you'd like, it's a loop, right? It's a loop. So we have experiences and this starts the minute, the minute you enter the world, you come out of the birth canal and this shit is starting. Okay. And basically, and that's why I said earlier, like pre-verbal, right? So you, you, you enter the world and immediately you're having experiences. You're having experiences of getting food. You're having experiences of being cold. You're having experiences of needing, right? Needing to be cared for, needing to be loved, needing to be held, needing to be fed. And your experiences of how those needs are met start to form your early, early, early belief system. And that core belief system that's formed in those really early stages of life tend to be the ones that really make that foundation. And so until one becomes a little more independent, right, where you sort of separate from the parent, you separate, you start to feel more like you're a whole individual person. And that, for most people, doesn't really start happening until, like, you're kind of like a teenager. Like, that is, and, 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 and you also have heard me teach about the chakra system, right? You've heard me teach about the energetic centers in the body and where they're located and what they govern. And according to the ancient sciences, those, even those energy centers, those chakras, they kind of develop and become more fully formed in a chronological way as we age. So that feeling of being uh, independent or being separate, right, from from the mother, from the parents, whatever, we don't really start coming fully into that until we're in our third energy center, which is the navel um, solar plexus center. It's the, it's the, it's the kind of center of self. Okay. And that's usually when you're like a teenager. Again, like these are all just like, this is all just ways that ancient philosophy and science has given us to understand development and the subtle body and the subtle mind and all of this complexity, right, of being a human being. It's so freaking complex. Our emotional lives um, and so our belief systems, right? And this really governs our experience in the world. 
really good. It's, it's, it, you know, you may, you may be, I don't know, maybe you are in your twenties listening, but you know, in your twenties, when you first start having, you know, or maybe in your teen, late teens, twenties, when you start having relationships, right? You start having, you know, you start thinking you're in love with someone or you have crushes and you start, you know, connecting with other human beings on a more intimate level. Um, you start discovering things about yourself, like, like how open you are or how, you know, how able you are to let someone in or, and, and, and some of that is that you may have formed a belief about whether or not that's a safe thing to do based on what you saw, right? From your, parents or maybe what they even told you, right? And you, you're not even aware of the fact until you're trying to have the experience that there's something that has led you, right, to, to want to be more guarded or to be, you know, skeptical of people. And you, you hear stories of how for some people it's easier for them, you know, to fall fast and hard and deep. And then for other people, it's not, right? So what is all that? It's your belief system. So I was having a call, a call, a coaching call with one of my clients this week. I will not name her. She might know when she listens uh, who I'm talking about, but I would never, I would never reveal that. Um, but anyway, we're having a conversation. And one of the things that came up was dating and, um, and her not really loving online dating, which I totally get, even though I haven't dated for, I don't know, over a decade coming up on in February, 13 years since I met um, my husband. But prior to that, I was, and you've heard me talk about this. I was one of the like early online daters, right? Like I was doing online dating when it first, when it was first invented. Um, And, uh, and so we were talking about online dating, which I totally get. I mean, you know, I had, I didn't love my experience and, and, and this is a really interesting thing because what what happened was we were talking about the online dating and we were talking about th- that she wants to meet someone and wants to, you know, have a relationship. And when she said that what she really wanted was to meet someone in real life, she then kind of like added to that, like this story about how hard that is and how meeting someone is a numbers game. And she used that phrase, a numbers game. And she even said, like, you know, everyone even says it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And she repeated that. And it was really interesting because in that moment, I like when I heard that, I immediately like had, you know, the way I heard it was that she was hearing someone else's experience of dating being a numbers game in getting enrolled in that story, someone else's story of the numbers game, and therefore allowing that to dictate her action, which was kind of not to really deal with it. Like she had taken on the story that finding someone or meeting someone at her age and through the online space and whatever was a numbers game. And she wasn't up for the numbers game. She wasn't up for the volume. She didn't have, she wasn't up for the like, for having to like go out on a million dates or like try to talk to a million people. And so therefore the result was, so I think I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm not really going to like make it a priority. And 
I said, okay, but what if it wasn't a numbers game, right? Because then I said to her, you know, when I met my husband, I also wanted to meet someone in real life, even though I was doing the online dating thing. And I just made a decision at like right before I met my husband that I was going to put less energy into the online dating. I had a therapist at the time and we talked about this. I was doing a one woman show. This is back when I was um, performing and I was I was getting ready to do a one woman show and I had all this great stuff going on and I was rehearsing and I had this date at a really great, you know, club in New York City and I was feeling so amazing. I was feeling so good in my own skin. I was really feeling really like healthy. You know, everything was feeling so good except for the dating thing. And so I actually just decided that I was going to focus on my show and doing whatever. And yes, that I was going to let things unravel naturally. But I also was in the belief that I could just meet someone in real life even without doing the online dating. So when my client was talking about this, I said to her, What I'm hearing is that someone else told you the way it needs to be because that was their experience. It's a numbers game. You got to do it this way. And you're now enrolled in her story and her belief. And therefore, now it's becoming a limiting belief for you because you're taking on a belief that comes from her experience and you're now allowing it to dictate what action you're going to take. What if you decided that meeting someone was a, I don't know what the opposite of a numbers game is. I was trying to think of this on the call with her too. I was like, what if you decided that meeting someone was, you know, was a singular game? What if it was that you just needed to get so clear on the one person that you wanted to meet and believe that therefore you just needed to meet that person, the right person, right? And what if it wasn't a numbers game? Because numbers game just doesn't sound really good. It doesn't sound like anything anyone would want to do, right? A numbers game. What if you called it something else? What if you decided what it was going to be for you instead of deciding that you were going to become enrolled in what someone else told you? And mind you, this was not yet my client's experience. She has not been doing this for that long. She hasn't gone on that many dates, right? She's gone on like a handful of dates. So her experience so far is not that it's about volume. Her experience is not that it's also about two people, but still, this was this really interesting moment of taking on what other people say and then making choices around that. So we had this really great, powerful coaching conversation around what she'd like to believe instead and what story she'd like to create about her experience. And that led me to think immediately about this other, all of these other ways that we get enrolled in other people's stories. And I was thinking about all the stories that I've been enrolled in that I've done a lot of work to be, to be disenrolled in, right? To be, to, to remove myself from, um, So what are those things? Well, some of those things are 
the things that, and I feel really lucky because my parents didn't do this to me, but I know that a lot of your parents did it to you or uh, whether it's your parents or other people. But for example, one of the stories that we can get enrolled in before we have the experience of it ourselves is, oh, don't do that. You'll never make any money at that, right? When you're like younger and you, you know, you're, you're like, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to be even like something like I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go to college and study, you know, um, cla- the romantic literature, right? And you've got lots of people saying to you, why would you do that? You can't make any money doing that. You're never going to make any money. And you get enrolled in other people's stories. Maybe their experience was that they tried to do those things and they couldn't make money at it. Maybe they hear stories of other people who tried and couldn't make money at it. But it's still not your experience. It's not you being the one that goes and follows their heart, follows their dream, does the thing that they want to do and makes it. Or makes it at whatever the, the, the version of making it is for you. But very, very often we get enrolled in other people's stories. These are anecdotes, right? It's anecdotal. It's, it's either someone else's actual experience or it's someone else's experience through hearing about someone else's experience. And then what happens is we just go, oh, Oh, and then, and then there's this part of our human brain that wants to protect us, right? And the minute our human brain hears that someone is, is, it's like they're warning us, right? They're giving us the warning and they're saying, oh God, I really want to save you from this pain and suffering. I really want to save you from, from, from you going down this horrible road of pursuing your dreams and, and, and not making it and, you know, being, you know, being left out and on the street and poor and homeless, right? I mean, you know that this is what happens to our brains. And very often it's like, it's not our experience. It's just a, a telltale experience that, that someone else is thinking that they're protecting us. They have a positive intention. They think that they're helping us. They think that they're doing something good for us. And actually, what they're doing is they are kind of making themselves feel better for their own experience. Very often, when people have experienced some sort of disappointment or things didn't turn out for them the way that they wished it had, or maybe they didn't even try hard enough. Whatever it is, whatever the reason is, very often people want companionship in that. They don't even know necessarily. It's not like they're malicious, right? A lot of times it's subconscious, unconscious. But you've heard the expression, misery loves company, right? And so what that means is that people don't ever, none of us ever want to feel that we're the only one. None of us ever want to feel that we're the only one that had an experience that didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good 
if you're believing that you're the special exception in the universe and that everyone else is having everything they want, everyone's succeeding, everything is working out for everyone but me. That's not a great feeling to have. And we still have it, just so you know, right? When you have compare and despair, when you look around and you think everyone else is having it so easy, everyone's figured it out, everyone knows all the hows, everyone, everyone's further along than you, everyone's luckier than you, everyone's got, when you're in that mode, you're in the special exception mode where you're like, where you're like, even though supposedly there's abundance and availability for everyone, but not for me, right? You're like, but I'm the special exception, not for me. So when you are that, you may be a more evolved person, right? Like I definitely try to put myself in check when it comes to um, superimposing my experience or my beliefs if they are um, weren't uh, optimal, we'll call it. I really try not to rain on someone else's parade. And we're going to get to like with coaches and mentors in a moment too, right? Because we have to be really careful about how we influence other people and whether or not what we're sharing with them. And this is really important for those of us who are coaches. It's really important. I'm a mentor. I'm a coach. I'm a teacher. Here I am broadcasting my thoughts, you know, on a podcast out into the world, just talking about what I think. And I feel a responsibility for making sure that like the way that I put out what I want to say, and I look, I know I'm not perfect and I don't think I can be perfect and maybe I fuck up like, and I definitely don't want to be putting anything into anyone else's brain or, you know, that limits them. So when I share like the things that I think, when I try to save you from making mistakes, like paying for Facebook ads or building an automated funnel before it's time or, you know, trying to put out a a course that when you have no audience, okay? I'm not trying to keep you from doing those things ever. I'm not saying to you, ah, who do you think you are? Like, who do you think you are? You think you're ever going to have an audience big enough that like you're going to get sales in your sleep, that you're going to put out a product and like, and, and have people buying it. I'm not seeing that. So when I say to you, listen, you gotta, you've got to do it at the right time. You got to know what goes into it. You have to be aware. You have to, you have to have, you have to have someone telling you like, what you need to put in place in order for those things to be successful in my my in my desire is for that not to make you feel limited in your capacity you might say well you know what Stacey, fuck you i i am different i'm different I know that I can just do this, put it out into the world, and plenty of people are just going to want anything I have to offer. That may be you. And I try to always say to people, you never know what people are coming to the, 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 the table with, right? Like, I'm aware of the fact that when I first became a coach, coming out of owning a yoga studio, having been teaching yoga in New York City for 
almost two decades, I had a pretty significant following of people who really trusted me, who knew me, who loved me as their teacher and their mentor, and were very happy to to convert over to being my coaching clients. So I had an experience that a lot of brand new coaches don't have, which is that I had a good amount of my first sort of, we'll call it my first batch or round of clients, I had I had the built-in audience. Now, I it wasn't enough for me to do some of the things that like I see other people trying to do before they have an audience. And that's part of what I try to share. But I'm also not here to make anyone feel limited or have them enroll in my experience and my story. My hope is that I share my experience and story so that it'll help you. But the most important thing is that you hear my experience and you hear my beliefs and the shit that I say, and that you're able to take it and then look at it through a lens where you're asking yourself, is this relevant to me? Does this feel like it serves me at the highest level? And does this make me feel like I am empowered? So back to my client who was getting enrolled in like the numbers game story, that wasn't going to be empowering for her to walk around taking action based on that story and that belief and that experience because the actions that she would take would not be the ones that would ultimately be leading to her getting what she wanted, which was to meet someone. If if someone tells you the way it is and you don't want to do it that way, then there's a good chance that you just won't do it. And that becomes really disempowering and really limiting because you allowed someone else's story and experience and belief to basically deter you from figuring out how you could do it as if there's only one way. And that's sometimes the way that people express their stories to us. In their mind, it's the only way because it's the only one they tried. But when you're someone who's really, really committed to working with your mind, to to exploring how to really master the art of being a human being. When you wake up every day and you're like, how can I keep creating the life, the business, the success? How can I keep being who I want to be? How can I have impact? How can I create? How can I feel like I'm not done, right? Then you are willing to look at the workings of your mind because if you're not willing to do that, nothing's going to happen. So a story that happened to me, there are so many, but one that came up and I was like, oh my God, this is such an interesting story was when I did become a coach, when I first became a coach, I was still teaching yoga at the yoga studio that I had owned. I had given up my ownership. I had left the partnership, but I was still teaching classes and teacher trainings there because I wanted the buffer to make money while I was getting my coaching business off the ground. So I remember this day. I literally remember this so clearly and so distinctly. So I'm at the studio and I'm getting ready to leave after teaching a yoga class. 
And one of the women who I had trained to be a teacher, so like when I was the owner of the studio and the head teacher, she was in a teacher training. She had trained to be a teacher. And now she was a teacher at my studio so or at the studio. She was So she was arriving to teach her class and I was getting ready to leave. And I'm not going to lie. I was going through like a really difficult time because my breakup with that business, my breakup with that yoga studio was not good. It was not positive. It was a very painful time of my life. It was very, very, very stressful. I was very anxious. I was in the middle of very expensive fertility treatments and giving up uh, ownership of a business where I made money every month. And I was basically going down to like no guaranteed income, not owning a business, making this transition. Um, And I had a lot of embarrassment. Like there was a lot of, a lot of shit went down. My business partners were like, not, (laughs) they, they did not, they were just not good people to be in business with. And the way that they handled our, our separation was like pretty shitty. And because I'm not like good when people bully me, I kind of, I kind of shrank so I was very shrunken at that time. I was very, um, I just wanted to hide. I wanted to show up and teach and like get the fuck out of there. Like it was, I just felt embarrassed. I felt humiliated. It was a really weird, bad time. I'm just going to tell you. Um, so I remember this one day, I'm like, I'm leaving. And I bump into this woman who I taught to be a yoga teacher. And, you know, she's like, oh, hey, you know, and we have like a little brief conversation. And I knew that she had, in addition to being a yoga teacher, she was a trainer, a personal trainer. And also she had done a health coaching program. Uh, like before she even did the yoga teacher training, right? So when when I met her and I was her teacher for yoga teacher training, she was already, had already done a health coaching. And so we have this little exchange and she says to me, oh, how's the coaching going? And at that time, my coaching was going really well. Like I was getting clients, people, I had clients, like people were paying me to be their coach and I was, figuring it out. And, uh, and, and I was really optimistic. Things were going really well. And she went, yeah, wow, more power to you. I mean, that is a hustle and a grind to get clients. And I remember she used those words, hustle and grind. And that was her story. That was her experience. It was her experience that finding coaching clients was a real hustle and it was a real grind. And, and the way she said it was like, like, yeah, it was negative. I mean, she wasn't saying that because it was awesome. She wasn't saying it like, woo, woo, hustle and grind. Isn't that awesome? No, she was saying it because she was like, you know, saying it in this really like way, you know, oh man, man, it is really hard to get clients, you know? And I remember in that moment, literally in that moment, thinking I am not allowing that in. And I literally said to her, oh, I choose not to use the word hustle. I don't feel, and you know, you might've even heard me say this now, years later. I, if I ever even like think in a positive way that I'm about to say like to a client, even like, oh yeah, you know, you got to hustle a little. Like I have removed that word hustle from my vocabulary. If it ever feels like it's about to come out of my mouth, I always catch myself. 
because I don't think that hustle is a, a positive word. And for me, working hard is not hustling. Investing a tremendous amount of time and energy and focus and money in my business is not hustling. I do not feel like I'm hustling anyone. I don't feel like I'm trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. I don't feel like I'm trying to get people to say yes to something like through, you know, um, kind of, you know, where I'm trying to like kind of trick them into it or, or I'm trying to get it through the back door. To me, that's what hustling is. I'm not a hustler. Do I work hard? Do I invest a lot in my business? Do I, do I spend a lot of time talking to people and investing a lot of energy in my potential clients and my current clients? Do I even work hard for my money? I do. It's not like once people pay me, I then, you know, go, oh, great. I got their money now. Like, you know, I'm going to talk to them once every other week. And, you know, no, I mean, ask anyone who works with me in any capacity, whether they're in my a, a, a short course or my one-year Passion and Prosperous Academy or uh, my one-on-one client, ask anyone if they think that like I kind of you know, hustled them into working with me. And then once I nailed it, once I got them, you know, that, that once I closed the deal, then I like become this like, you know, like hardly working person, right? No fucking way. So I remember this day and I, it was so stand out to me that someone tried to tell me what the experience of having a coaching business would be. Someone who could not make money in their business someone who found it hard to make money in their business, someone who gave up on having the business, tried to tell me how hard it was going to be and how hard I was going to have to hustle. And here I am all, you know, five years later, pretty much with a business that is on track to be a a million dollar business. I don't feel like I hustle. So that's another example of where someone else tries to enroll you in their story and you have to be really careful. Oh, it's hard to make money doing that. Oh, you got to hustle. Oh, it's a numbers game. And it's really easy to form a limiting belief about that, you, yourself, what you can do. And then here's the worst part make choices based on it. What if I heard that from her and I thought, oh man, I'm not up for that. You know what? She's right. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to keep going investing more money and time and energy in this thing. I don't want to hustle. I'm 50 something years old. What if my client decides, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to try to meet anybody. I can't do this numbers game. I'm too tired. I don't want to, I don't want to have to like date 8,000 people just to meet one person. What if any of us heard, oh, it's really hard to make money doing that, and then just basically decided not to do what we want to do? So who do we get enrolled with? So I've given you some examples about friends and family and acquaintances and people that we encounter. And I mentioned a little bit about how I don't want to be the mentor or teacher that intentionally puts any sort of disempowering story or belief into anyone that I work with. When I'm giving you the real deal or I'm telling you like 
from my experience, what I want you to know about what I'm hoping to do when I think I'm saving you from something, I'm not trying to tell you don't do it. I'm not trying to tell you give up. I'm not trying to tell you, oh, yeah, it's not worth it. Instead, I truly am trying to say, hey, listen, this is this is really important for you to know so that you don't waste your time, energy, and money on these things when you should be putting them on these things. Now, could a different mentor or coach have a different story from their experience? Absolutely. Someone else could say totally different things than me. And this is where it gets really, really um, tricky around making decisions around who we want to look up to or who we want to learn from or who we want to, who's who do we want to get enrolled with, basically, right? Who do we want to get enrolled with? Do we want to get enrolled in anyone else's story? Well, when you choose a mentor or, a, or you know, not a coach so much, coaches should never be enrolling you in any story. Coaching, mentoring, and teaching are three totally different things. And we should be very aware when we are coaches, mentors, and teachers, if we're any of those things individually, or if we're all of those things, or if we're two of those things, however you see yourself, it is really important that you know the difference between coaching, mentoring, and teaching. And it's really important that when it comes to the coaching part, that you are really conscious of never enrolling anyone in your own story or experience, that the very nature of coaching is to make sure that you're not doing that. Now, when you're mentoring, you can't help but share your experience and story. That's what a mentor is for. And when you're a teacher, hopefully, if you are sharing your experience or story, you're combining it with like what you're teaching, which should actually feel in a lot of ways like something that someone could take and then apply to themselves. So in a way, teaching has some component of like neutrality to it, right? Teaching is kind of how we give other people the tools and the foundation so that they can create their own stories and experiences by using those tools, I just want you to know I've been geeking out on like teaching and mentoring and coaching for a really long time. Definitely the teaching part. When I was a yoga teacher teaching either just my students in the yoga class or teaching people how to be teachers, I was very, 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 very obsessed with like the responsibility of a teacher. You know, like what am I here to do? How can I make sure that I'm not doing harm to someone's psyche, to someone's subconscious, to someone's potential, to someone's, you know, way that they see themselves in the world? Can we like be, can we know 1000% like that we're not? No. I mean, like it's very messy to be a human being. It's very messy to process information and experiences through your own lens and then try to share it with other people. But you can do your best and you can work hard. That's what it means to keep really making sure that you're in check, right? So another way that we get enrolled in someone else's story or belief is when we are talking to people about 
investing with us. And, or investing, period. So another story that a lot of passionate and prosperous business owners, starting out coaches, starting out entrepreneurs, starting out professionals, wellness professionals, experts, creatives, people whose work is that they're like making something that they hope other people want to take in, buy, receive, okay? So all of us, one of the stories that it's really easy to get enrolled in is that no one's going to pay for anything. And this is different than money's hard to make, right? That's like more about like a profession. You know, people are like, oh, don't be an actor. Actors are starving, right? That's like a little different. That's not, right? That's not, that's not about whether or not anyone will buy a ticket to a show, <laughs> right? That's different. That's about the profession. But when you're in a passion and prosperous business, you may be getting enrolled in the story of that no one will pay for anything or that no one will buy, no one wants it, no one wants your services, or no one knows what coaching is, or no one knows what this is, or or the story of this is too out there, this is too woo, this is too... These are stories that you got enrolled in because of someone else's experience. Now, if you've had the experience yourself to the point where you're like, I feel that I have enough evidence and experience that I want to like write this story. I'm going to decide that this is true. This is what I want to believe. Then you can do that. And you're going to have to make a different choice about what you want to do next. Do you want to keep having your business or do you want to figure out something else? Here's the tricky part. There's a good chance that you'll superimpose some version of that same story onto anything else you do because you're enrolled in a scarcity story. Even when we are talking to someone about working together and they are coming from a place of scarcity and their own limiting beliefs and their own fears and their own stories, your job in that moment is not to, um, you know, force them to do something that doesn't feel in alignment, but your job is to not get enrolled in their story and experience, their money story, their experience of having made other investments. You have no idea how many people come to me to talk to me about working with me after having spent a lot of money with other coaches and in other programs. And they come to me with the story from their experience that they don't get results, that they're on the call with me, but they have a lot of fear because they haven't had a good experience. They've already spent a lot of money. They're not sure they want to spend any more money. All this stuff people bring to me. While I'm on a call with talking to them about working with me, and clearly it costs money to work with me. So I could either be on the call and get totally enrolled in their story and then go, yeah, you know what? It's probably not a good idea for you, for us to work together or for you to make another investment. Or I could not get enrolled in their energy, their story, their experience, and I can hold space from what we're about to talk about as the ending of this episode, which is from an objective point of view. 
So when we are in a situation where we're talking to other people about working together, where we have coaches, teachers, mentors, where, where we have, where we have the opportunity as like adults who are committed to our mind management, our personal growth and development, um, our success, when we see ourselves as people who truly want to create what we want, who want to believe that we can have a business, that we can make money doing what we want, that we don't have to be beholden to other people, that we don't have to be, um, that we don't have to work for someone, that, you know, when we want to be people that believe that it is possible to use our gifts and skills and passion to, to, to prosper, when we believe that, that we can create the lives that we want to create, when we believe, when we want to believe that we can meet the people that will be the right people for us to be around, okay, we have to be able to cultivate what I love to refer to as our discernible wisdom. We have to be able to cultivate the, the objective observer within us. The part of us that's able to distinguish between what is real and what is not real. The part of us that is able to hear someone else's story and someone else's experience and not immediately take that in and on as our own. We have to be able to stand in our own power, hearing someone else's story and experience and make a conscious decision of whether or not we want that story to whether, whether we want to take that on because it feels good. It works for us. Ooh, I like that story. I like the story of that. It's possible to do this and that and this and that, because that's what this mentor teacher is telling me. Or we have the power to say, you know what? I'm not going to get enrolled in that because it's not serving me at the highest level. So I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that I had this like really massive download this week, this big kind of epiphany aha moment. And I'll tell you what it was. So look, I love my coach so much that, I mean, she's still my coach. I've already been working with her for like this. I'm going into my like third year of working with her. She's my mentor. She's my friend. She's my coach. I, I look up to her in how she's grown the business that she has. We're very similar in like in, 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 in what and how, what we do. Um, I can, I'm saying this to you because I literally would not be investing as much money as I invest in working with her if I had any negative feeling about her at all or it or us or my coaching or anything. So you have to know that this is like a very empowering partnership that I love and invest in because I believe that it helps me to be my, the, 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 like to step into the highest version of me that can do all these big things and that can keep having what I want. Okay. So, and like I said, the, what she, the way she's grown her business is very similar to the way I want to grow my business. And it's like, she's kind of like my, she's like, she's the fourth grader and I'm the third grader, right? So I'm kind of behind her being like, I'm here. I'm, I'm right behind you watching what you do. And she teaches me and she shares her experiences and it's amazing. And we're not the same person. We don't have at, at our core, we have different talents. We have a lot of same talents, 
but we have different talents and we have different experiences and we have different resources like within ourselves. We're different. And all of a sudden, last week, I had this revelation that when it came to me getting to a certain place that I'd like to get to, like in terms of visibility and in terms of growth, in terms of like whatever you want to call it, like recognition, um, I had been enrolled in the story of how she's doing it. And I enrolled myself in the belief that that mine was going to look like hers and therefore I needed to make as much money as her before it could happen for me. Or I needed to seek out the opportunities in the same way as her. And she didn't do this to me on purpose or she didn't do anything to me, right? Everything about our partnership is so great. And I had this incredible moment of expansion where I went, oh my God, I've been thinking that I had to be in the same sort of lane as her when actually I might expand horizontally while she's expanding vertically. And I had not given myself permission to expand horizontally. I had stopped remembering that I have done certain things before I even knew her, like be on Broadway and have other experiences of success that she's never had. And I had stopped remembering those things and was so focused on like letting her teach me and share her experiences with me, which is so amazing that I had forgotten that I could do things a different way too, that I could like experiment or that I might have success faster in certain areas than her. Who knows? But I had totally cut myself off from believing that. And I wasn't thinking anything negative, just so you know, not seeing that this is negative, but I was making some, we talked about it today, some false equations or false connections with like, I was like, I was putting a couple of things together in my brain that were all parts of like what I know she's done and what I know I want to do and how things happen. And one of those things was about getting in the room with the right people and sort of When you get to a certain level where you can invest in certain higher level masterminds and networking type like things, you get in the room with people that opens you up for more opportunities. And this is something that I would like. And I had started believing that that was the only way for me to get in the room was that I was going to have to make a certain amount of money so that I could afford to drop these like huge amounts of money to join these big deal masterminds in order to be in the room with these other people. And this is just the story. This is the, this is what I was, I was enrolled in and I'm still semi enrolled in it. But I realized this last week, I had this like big epiphany, um, that actually, maybe that's not the only way. Just like I wanted my client to know that the numbers game is not the only way to meet someone and 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 have a relationship. Just like I I I I want all of you to know that you know that hustling is not the only way to have a successful business, right? Um, so it's this discernible wisdom that we get to cultivate within ourselves where we are checking in or or allowing ourselves to become aware of when we discover that a story that we've been enrolled in, even if it wasn't with a bad intention, 
is not serving us at the highest level. And it was so awesome because then I got to talk to my coach about it and it was like, right? We were like, oh my God, like what a big revelation. And this was literally today, you guys. And well, I had my thing like before I had my session, but I had my session with her today. And so here's the really crazy pants thing. So I choose a word for the year. And this year, the word that I chose kind of chose me. I wrote an email about it if you're on my email list. But it was really interesting because my one of my one of my uh, best friends, who's also a client, um, gifted me this new Oracle deck and I was playing with it. I had just opened it and I went to follow the woman who um, created the deck on Instagram. And the very first thing on her Instagram was like showing a full year spread and choosing a theme for the year, blah, 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 blah. So I do this thing and the card that was my theme for the year that turned over and I wasn't committed. I was like, oh, if I like it, I might, I might use it. Otherwise, I'll be like, oh, this was a fun reading. Anyway, I turned this card over and the card was threshold. And it felt really, I, I, the card turned over. I read the description. I was like, holy shit. Yes. This is my card for the year. Threshold. Stepping through a doorway, stepping across something, kind of like stepping into a next version of yourself. Like, um, you know, okay. So anyway, in my coaching session today, when I was talking to my coach about like what I just told you about the, um, about being in the room and whatever, what came up was also some old stories about when I was in show business, there was always this feeling of like, it was really hard to get auditions, right? It's really hard to get, um, you know, in the room, in the room. And I was talking to her today about being in the room, being in the room, being in the room with the right people. How do you get in the room? And we decided that instead of me thinking I have to wait until I can get through the door in the room that I was going to be believing, saying, affirming, thinking. It's easy for me to go through doors, to get through doors, right? Doors open for me. I can be in the room. Doors open easily for me. And I was like, oh my God, the word that I picked for the year that picked me from the deck is threshold. And thresholds are all about stepping through doorways. Oh my God, this is the shit I love, right? So anyway, here's what I want to tell you. I want you to be able to be someone who becomes aware of whether or not you are being enrolled in someone else's story if it's not serving you at the highest level. And again, I wanted to tell you this last story because it's not like my coach has ever done, said, or, you know, in any way done anything to, to limit me or to try to limit me. Just like I said to you, I hope I never, ever do say or, you know, whatever, anything that would ever cause harm or like, but we don't have any control because we're all these complex human beings. I mean, we can definitely like be very aware of like whatever is in our power not to do harm to anyone and not to say anything that's going to, you know, really fuck someone up. I mean, oh my God, right? I would never want to do that. But then, but then there's the complexity of being human right? 
It's just like someone coming to like my yoga class. This used to happen. And I teach this like yoga class from the heart that I feel like I'm, it's just, I'm doing everything I can to make it the best yoga class ever. And somebody leaves and they hated it. <laughs> right. And you're like, you don't have control over like other people's experience. You can only do the best like on your end. But when you are finding yourself coming up against a story like money's hard to make, no one will pay for anything. It's a numbers game. It's a hustle. Uh, you know, doors are not opening for me. <laughs> like when it, It's hard to get noticed. It's hard to get. Whenever those stories or beliefs are coming up, here's the invitation. Is it your story? Is it something that you know from your experience? Is it something that you got enrolled in? If you do think that it's your story, do you think you gave yourself enough data? Do you think that you've given yourself enough opportunities to change your experience so that you can change your belief? Have you tried it another way? Have you explored all of the options? And then you're going to ask yourself these questions. Is this story or this belief that I'm allowing to be true in this moment, is it propelling me toward my desires and my goals? Is it actually helping me to grow, evolve, and step fully into my potential? Essentially, is it empowering or is it disempowering? Is it allowing me to step fully into my power? And we have to ask ourselves this on a regular basis about the stories that we find ourselves telling ourselves where we start feeling down or limited or like maybe I'm not even going to try that anymore. And then when we decide that we want to create a different story or a new story, like I told you, now doors open easily for me, right? I'm working on my vision board for this year. I didn't finish it yet. And by the time you listen to this, maybe I'll have done it. But anyway, I was like, after today, I was like, holy shit, I'm going to put open doors on my vision board. I'm going to put doors all over my vision board, right? And I'm going to put all those opportunities that I've been thinking that are not there for me yet, like that are not here for me yet, that are not available for me like a TEDx talk or being, you know, uh, on, on a TV show or whatever, I'm going to put that shit on my vision board because I have to start reinforcing with visual representations and affirmations, the story that I want to be my story and not make the story someone else's story or experience of how they got where they are, or how they're doing what they're doing. I can use that when it's helpful and empowering. But the minute I recognize it as something that's going to keep me from stepping out, from stepping into my power, from growing, from seeing my potential, from my goals, from my vision, from my desire, I must do everything I can to rewrite that story, to change that story. And the way I said to you before, if you've got any of these from your own experience, whether it's from someone else's story or your own, if you're enrolled, we're very often enrolled, just so you know, right? And that's what this whole episode is about. But wherever it's coming from, the way that we change that is, like I said, number one, the first thing is the awareness, right? That's always the first thing. Then the second thing is really looking at the story and deciding what stories you'd like to have be true instead. 
Instead of it's hard to get through doors, I want the story to be it's easy to get through doors. Instead of it's a hustle, I now opposite of hustle, we're not looking for opposites here. I'm not saying, oh, instead of hustling, I'm just going to kick back and let and go with the flow. No, I just don't see it as hustling. I see it as waking up every day and consistently showing up and 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 making an impact and going for what I want. And I'm going to reinforce that I can do it and that I can be successful without hustling. I can be successful doing it my way. And I'm going to affirm that and I'm going to find visual representations of it and I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to change even the language. Like I told you that I threw hustle out. I'm going to make sure that I don't even say the things that don't feel empowering, that don't feel like the story that I want to be telling. And then finally, I'm going to look for evidence of how it's possible to do it a different way. After so-and-so says, oh, yeah, oh, God, it's such a hustle. Instead of hearing her story and going, uh-oh, it's hustle, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go, wait, I bet someone's done this who didn't hustle or who doesn't think of it that way. Let me go find them. Let me go talk to them. Let me go work with them. And that's what brings me to the importance of finding the people to surround yourself with, the mentors, the coaches, the teachers, even the friends and the acquaintances that are going to be able to tell you a different story of their own experience so that you can actually hear someone else's story and decide if that's the one you want to be enrolled in while you're working on it. And that's why it's really important that when you're choosing who you work with, when you're surrounding yourself with mentors or a community, what is that message? What is the story everyone wants to, to tell? And we can't all tell the same story because we all have a different experience. We're all experiencing everything, ourselves, each other, and the world through our own lenses. That's never going to change. And so you have to decide to be someone who's able to have this wisdom to be objective, to step back and to go, okay, like that's someone else's story and experience. How much of it do I want to make work for me? What feels good? What do I want to be like? Oh yeah, I want to believe that from so-and-so's experience. And what part of their experience do you want to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pass on that part. I'm going to choose to keep figuring this out and I'm not going to just go with your experience and believe you to the point where it makes me feel like, ugh, I don't even want to do this. It's a very, very important thing that you figure that out and that you make sure that who you're, who you're letting in to your senses and your psyche and your unconscious and like, and your, your brain and your thoughts, right? That what, who you're letting in, that you are always looking at it from an objective point of view and making really, really like really wise decisions from a place of discernment about what you're going to actually let impact at you, what you're going to let guide you, what you're going to let help you decide what action to take. And you get to do that because your mind is so malleable. The same way it's easy to hear someone say something one time, take it in and make that your new reality. It's just as easy to decide that you're going to change that. And when I say it's easy, it's easy to decide, but then to actually change it. Yeah, you got to do some stuff. Like I said, you got to affirm it. You got to surround yourself with what is going to support changing that story. 
And you got to try different things. You got to do different things. So what came out of my coaching session with my coach today was like, fuck yeah, I got to like not, I got to be okay with not, I can't be scared to try some other stuff that she's not doing. Because I've got different, like different experience and different talent and different skills than she has. And I might be able to use mine a little differently. And I can't be afraid to do that because I want to be, and I do want, listen, I am the kind of person that like really likes to have people that like I trust and that I can just sort of like follow in their footsteps, like to a degree. And then I'm also like a real self-directed person. But but in this case, I noticed that in this scary climb to being like to really wanting something that I've never had, that I've never been able to that not that I've never been able to, I never tried like because because this is new. You know, I've never been in a business or had my own business where there was even the possibility that I could make a million dollars. Or even what I'm making now. And that is exciting. And it's also fucking scary because it's like the total unknown territory. So when we're in the unknown territory, we want someone that we can look up to and go, oh my goodness, I'm going to follow what you're doing because I don't know where the fuck I'm going. It's like holding on to someone's shirt in the dark. And at the same time, I have to caution myself about holding someone's shirt in the dark and I have to go, you know what? I might have to make this right turn and meet you on the other side. What'll happen to me? I don't think I'll die. And that's the most important thing, right? I don't think I'll die. I don't think I'll lose everything that I have. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's what I came here to talk about with you today. It's a cautionary tale about being enrolled in other people's stories and how to make sure that you're writing the story or being enrolled in the story that is going to serve you at the highest level, that is going to create a powerful place from which you can make your shit happen and have your most passionate and prosperous life and your most passionate and prosperous business. And at the end of the day, it's just you. You're the only one who makes things happen and you are the creator of it. So if there's anything that you're thinking or believing that is taking you away from that one most important belief, which is that you decide what is true, you decide what is true when it comes to this. If anything is making you think that that's not true and that someone else's truth is what's true, then I'm inviting you to really take a step back so that you can start looking at this. And this is the work that we do. We do this in coaching. We do this, you know, in in any container that I work with you in. I do my best. Obviously, when you work with a coach one-on-one, that's like that's like the, the, the quintessential experience of getting to do this deeper work, which is what I got to do with my coach today. And it was like so fucking good. Like such a geek for coaching, man. Right? And potential. Okay, I'm going to sign off because I can keep talking about this forever. I love you. Don't forget, Know Your Niche is happening. It's available if you want it. And so is the Academy. If you want to be in the Academy, shoot me a message. Let's talk. 
you can be in the academy. You can have all the goodness that's available to you with our incredible community. And I'll help you actually grow your business. And I'll help you put in really, really, really good stories into your brain. All right. Sending you all the love. Bye. so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. Mm-hmm.